commence primary ignition. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to yet another X-Wing podcast. I'm your host, Pete Lambro, joined this week and every week by Chris. He only missed worlds a little. Daniel, Chris, how you doing? I'm feeling better. I'm rocking and rolling. Yes. Are you healed? I'm healed. The gods, I'm on the fire. gods have smiled upon you. You're healed. Great. Well, we got a jam-packed ultra episode this week because we're also joined by Sam Page, my fellow last chance a non-qualifier. Sam, how you doing? <laughs> Sad air horns. Guys, don't worry. It's not all loserdom here. We're joined by the king loser, the number one, the first, <laughs> number nine in the world, which is hard to say you're any any manner of losing, Crispy. We are joined by Chris Crispy Patrick. Crispy, how you doing? Ninth overall. So shout outs to you. Good job. Crispy, how's it going? I, I, I'd be feeling a bit better if there was any nicer intro that you could give. <laughs> I, was, I was about to say, Pete, I mean, I've never heard an intro where you pissed off every person involved. <laughs> it's like, here's Chris. Here's the first Chris. He he had a horrible stomach virus. Here's Sam. He missed the last chance qualifier and strength of schedule. Here's Chris B, who was just outside the cut. And now let's chat. <laughs> well, what what, me, what a right? lovely environment you've created here for Listen, us. Listen, we had a really nice 18 minutes before this, so we were all very copacetic. And now I'm. Yeah, where was that? <laughs> let's keep know. that going. Should we restart? Should we start it no, again? No, or just no, let, no. It, let it ride? <laughs> I need to know what we're on it for the rest of the podcast <laughs> well good thing good thing we're going to start with our star wars question of the week which sam has described as quote antagonistic yeah well uh <laughs> hey chris chris p not to be confused with chris b uh what what in on the 40th anniversary of return of the jedi uh what oh, is your what is your favorite thing about return of the jedi which is experiencing some would say it's 40th anniversary. <laughs> what, what, what's your what's favorite it? part of the original last movie in a trilogy that disappointed everybody and pulled retcons out of its ass? Uh, not to be confused with our current one. I love that you said original because I was thinking it's definitely not going to be that stupid ass band that was coming out like in their remix. <laughs> I gotta go. Um... <laughs> hey, Chris, that's your that's your favorite fucking uh, nice noodles. <laughs> yeah, she's good in outer rim, man. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I'm gonna go the perv route. We're, we're bringing it back to perv. God damn it! <sighs> Slave Leia. No. Swinging oh, on the rope, showing some leg, going from, I think, one part oh, to the other. Bring it back, baby. Does See, anybody I... else have an answer? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, since, like, a lot, like, she doesn't really act like a slave. Like, she, like she's just a prisoner. I've yeah, always she's heard prisoner of, Leia, yes. Okay. I've, I've always heard of that outfit as Hut Slayer Leia, and I have, like, I've always gone by that. 
That's like a girl boss feminist spin on something that's clearly degrading, right? It is. <laughs> it is. It, 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 <laughs> listen, listen. She got captured, and she's uh-huh. gonna own it. That's it. Yeah. She got captured by George Lucas, is what you mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> on a three film contract. Um, well, Pete, what do you think? Fortieth anniversary. Well, in this, the fortieth anniversary. Yeah, there you uh, go. my my fa- my favorite scene of uh, Return of the Jedi is when the, it's when the B wing S foils lock into position. Yeah, I, I have some you know trivia what I'm talking about. about? That. Like that. I have some trivia about that. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I would love to hear, it. but it's 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 at the start of the battle, and you can see it's an A wing, an X wing, and the first time you get the clear shot of the B wing, it like it's this like stick, and then it like opens its wings up, and I was like, yeah, let's go. And then uh, and then I really love I I that Return of the Jedi space battle for a long time was like my it, it got unseated as my favorite space battle by the Rogue One like shield generator battle. Um, but like visually, that was my favorite space battle for a long time. It, it, it it's right up there, man. I mean, yeah. it's it, I don't know. I, I might like it more than the Rogue One one, but it's it's, uh, if it's, it's not, you know to each their own. Sometimes opinions are wrong. One of the greatest space battles like ever. Share your trivia though, Sam. I would love to hear this. Oh, um, so the B wings were so thin. The models, you know, the where the. The thing between the cockpit and the gun, the thin part, was yeah. so oh, thin. Hey, that hey, children on, listening to this. On the, the yeah, you're one to talk. That how thin the, was it? On the black screen, the mat which against which they shot the models, it did not show up. Oh, interesting. On film, okay. so that's why you never see any uh, cockpit shots of ten num. Um, is because uh, even though they were filmed, they couldn't be correspond to any action on the screen because the B-Wings would get lost Ooh. in the camera. Oh, so interesting. That's why there's so many A-Wing and X-Wing cockpit shots and so few B-Wing shots, even though they had the actors. Um, also cut also cut from Return of the Jedi is the gunner shots of uh, Lieutenant, uh, Lieutenant Blount. Lieutenant Blount, yeah, yeah. And Kraken, right? And Kra- yep. Aaron Kraken, yeah. yeah. So, deep cuts for the X-Wing boys. Really? Oh, man. Yeah. Why that. would I make that up, Chris? Yeah, no, I mean, Chris. it's more like shocking. Yeah, yeah. It's also... <laughs> <I'm just laughs> <messing with> it. <laughs> Sorry, we're on edge because of Pete's intro. I'm ready to fight. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey, uh, what's, your favorite, uh, what's your favorite Star Trek movie again, Sam? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't turn me and Chris against each other. We're mad at you. Oh, all right. <laughs> Crispy, Crispy, what is your favorite scene from Lucasfilm's Return of the Jedi celebrating its 40th anniversary this year, the year of our Lord, 2023? <laughs> So on on the 40th anniversary, I would have to say um, I I've always been a fan of the Starfighter scenes. So kind of similar to what uh, to what you have, except specifically it's after you know it's Han running out of the shield generator. Shield generator blows up. They realize that it's a uh, that the shields are down, and Lando goes red group, gold group. All fighters follow me, and it immediately pans the fighters screaming into the Death Star. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's, that's a great, that such a great that's one. A great scene. That's, and you that get and you get scene. one of the best uh, nine nub laughs in that situation. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, his most uh, ex, you know exalted laugh, but uh, iconic mm-hmm. line. Yeah. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> while we're while we're sticking on the theme of just. Uh, 
I mean, well, first of all, while we're sticking on the theme on the 40th anniversary of Return of the Jedi and yes. our favorite shots from the indoor space battle specifically. Yes. I think I think mine has to be when they first engage the Star Destroyers and you get the shot of the Death Star, the Rebel fleet, and then the Millennium and the Forest Moon. The Millennium Falcon flies into the center of the shot and then the TIE interceptors like disperse around it in a diamond form. You know yeah, what I'm talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Great scene. That's like an unbelievable visual effects shot for yeah. 1983, That's... which 1983, which I'll point out 40 years ago, 40 years ago. <laughs> this year, That's crazy. <laughs> if there was any shot of us ever having like uh spoilers leaked to us by AMG, it's, it's over done. now. No, there was never, there the was, marketing. there was no shot. <laughs> yeah, it's, Although, well, it was first of all, it was done when Chris said you could see a little leg and then now it's really done. <laughs> no, it was, um, I, I, so I did, I got to meet for the first time at Worlds because it's just, it's just I was, I got, I got, uh, it's also going to make fun of Chris here. I got to uh, meet friend of the uh, podcast, Liam Baker, who is uh, one of the Sith takers uh, for the first time. And uh, I, he said to me, he says, I love Chris because he's, uh, he never seems to know quite what's going on, right? <laughs> And I said, I said, that's right. And I was like, even when he's asking the question, he's not fully sure. And then in his best Chris voice, he goes, what Star Wars character would you put tits on if you could? (laughs) 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 Which was... Yeah, it's basically it was like being in a room with Chris again. Like it was like you were, I mean, it was like you were there. I'm imagining like a a British evil Chris, an Australian evil Chris, like a league of evil Chris's from around the world. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> evil Chris's. Yeah, they all they actually they all got uh, they all tried to like go to like a convention to plot something evil, but they got all stuck at the same like you know street sign that's at 69 just in a nice loop they just go nice 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 just over and over again forever (laughs) 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 and yeah numb laugh (laughs) (laughs) um i do but okay yeah so yeah the joke is that we're going to talk about this uh we're going to talk about the amg panel during this show but we're going to first talk about worlds but during the amg panel they uh the hev- there's a lot of stuff coming this year uh, that is Return of the Jedi themed, uh, and and they more than once, more probably more than three times, mentioned that it was the Return of the Jedi's 40th anniversary. And get ready, spoilers for uh, you know Star Wars Celebration in about a week and a half. Here, that's going to probably be a lot about Return of the Jedi as well. Uh, but yeah, but I want to talk about uh, talk about worlds, guys. We just got back from Adepticon. I just flew in, and boy, are my arms tired. Oh, um, got him. Got him. Got their asses. Sam and I both played in the last chance qualifier. And Sam, you did better than I did. Uh, I, I went I'm a, glad uh, you're trying to repair the. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm fixing it. Well, yeah. so I, I, I went one and three. Uh, and then for my last round, I said, you know, I'm going to play all five rounds. My opponent said, my back hurts. Let's go draw. And I said, all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I took a draw. Uh it's, that's but, funny that he had to call the judge over to say his back hurts. No, he did. No, I, he broke the rules. I'm going to report him to. Oh, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. I'm going to tell Will Schick on him specifically. No, 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 no. He said. He said, "Let's just go do a draw." He's like, "My my my back is killing me from all this X wing." And I said, "You know, that's fine." I said, "I'm I'm able to." I said, "I'll I'll play if you want to play." I was like, "But if you if you're you know," I was like, "It's the end of the day. It's not. It, we weren't going to either of us going to qualify. We were both eliminated, so it was whatever." Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so I, I my and my only win was uh against a, a young father uh who wait, only five minutes of rating. What? All right, uh turns out I have to pay right now for Zencast. For Zencaster. Oh, we cut off. Uh-oh. <laughs> uh, let's get started. You need I me think, to pay I, your electric bill too? I think this I was, was a good I think this was a good podcast as is. Yeah, this is a great yeah, podcast. Great job, everyone. Great job. This is yep. like playing uh Don't worry. Technical difficulties. Zencaster told me we have five minutes of recording left before it's gonna cut my ass off. <laughs> it just Don't edit this up. out. Don't edit oh this out. Oh my god, check my email. I'm not editing this out. This is chaos. Some yeah. vamp. Somebody talk about worlds. Like, Sam, how'd you do in worlds? I did not. Uh, I went, th- went three and two, uh, which uh, was okay because I started 0 and 2 uh, and I put myself in a position to maybe make the incredibly generous uh, cut of backfilled players into day two. Nice. You tried. Uh, you tried. Yeah, but I bad SOS, so I knew it was probably not going to well, happen. Let me ask you something. Was there a moment? Because I, I had this not in the last packs, but the packs before where I still remember like one great moment where I'm like, oh man, I pulled off a kick, kick-ass move. Was there a moment where you were like, oh man, you know, I just, I just did a pretty cool freaking move or so anything like that happened, Sam, or it um, just, it was a weird one because, uh, yeah, like there was one game where my opponent's dice kind of failed him and he had a clear, like list advantage in the scenario. Mm. And then there was another game I lost because I didn't put a dial on the table. Remember to set your dials, kids. PSA at home. And then uh, another game I lost was really close. Then my final game was against our old pal, Brett Freeman. And that was a 2-2 game. So in theory, there was, uh, you know, like some some cut on the line, some bubble bubble game. Um, Oh, and you won that one because you said you won the last three, right? Yeah, yeah. And... uh, but Brett, I think Brett, Brett was a little fried at that point. It wasn't like our freshest, our sharpest game for either of us. So uh, to answer your question, no, there was there was really no, like at no point in that tournament did I feel <laughs> great about it. Um, it was just kind of a weird day. Um, it was a long it was a, day. It was a, it was That's a long for day. sure. Yeah, well, it's not the long. I mean, I remember seven round system opens, but um, no, nah, I mean, it, it, three and two in that field, I, I thought was – Totally that was, respectable. It was just the way I got there was so, so topsy turvy. Um, it was funny a, thing is, uh, well, just quickly is that if yeah, it was yeah. still done by uh, uh, MOV, I think I would have made the cut because I I looked in and the me the guy who was first in Swiss uh, and then uh, local hero Ryan Stanizuski who ended up going from three and two in the uh last chance qualifier to finishing 18th in swiss and world so shout out to him tmb um, he uh he i and the number one ranked guy in the last chance qualifier all had were the only two to get to 102 uh like match points no one else oh, had cracked yeah, up okay, no yeah, one yeah. else had cracked 100 <laughs> so that was uh i think that's true if that's wrong uh, nobody look it up but uh, no, I, I think I think more than one of us checked the checked the numbers there, and it was just you, you and Ryan. Went yeah, I mean, ultimately at this point, just like a, f- a funny little side note, but it but it was funny to me because uh, I was uh, I, I did have a few games where just because of just because of like the scenarios, and then a last turn snowball, 
uh, I had like a really lopsided score. It wasn't like a lopsided game, but I guess that's mm-hmm. why they don't use MOV as a tiebreaker anymore because the scoring can right. get a little wonky and you can really run up the score if you want well, to. Well, yeah. Some, yeah. Sometimes you get these games that are in like, like 27 to three or whatever. And it's just like, yeah, yeah. But, no, I, but, it, but it ends that way because all of your opponent's ships are left on one health and it's like, it's not reflective of like the closest. Listen, no, no, I don't. I don't even. Th- I'm not. I'm not sitting here pounding the table and saying that we yeah, got to yeah. go back to MOV because it would have favored me. We um, uh, we are going to take a quick technical difficulties break and be right back after this to discuss the person who had the longest days of all of us, Crispy, who you did not have to play in the last chance qualifier, but you had one hell of a run in worlds, and we are going to break it down right after this. All right, I have no nothing, no alarms, nothing. Okay, it looks fine. We're good, and we're back, back again with unlimited recording time. Thank you to our sponsor, Zencaster.com, for giving me a heart attack. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so Sam and I both played the last chance qualifier. Did not advance to the main event. Crispy though, you started out ready to play in the main event because uh, you you got your invite from Nova, correct? Like you won Nova, uh, yes. and that's where it was from. Yep. Nice. And you, uh, you also, you beat, you played in the final and beat friend of the podcast, Katoff, um, who also had the pleasure of just starting out with a world's invite. Um, what, when did you get into, when did you get into Chicago? Did you come in on, uh, Wednesday or Thursday? Uh, I came in on Tuesday morning. Ooh, made a whole trip out of it. Yeah. Because, uh, that's when AMG decided to fly me in. And uh, I was at their mercy of uh, what to fly. I was th- I was flying Spirit into uh, O'Hare. Oh, okay. Um, this, what a this is, what a lovely this is not a good podcast for a relationship with AMG like writ large. <laughs> what relationship with AMG? Now, here, no, exactly, now, Chrisley, exactly. You're not a short person by anybody's definition. Uh, that is correct. <laughs> how how are your knees doing? <laughs> Uh, yeah okay no he flew in on on tuesday uh and then uh and then so yeah so yeah i saw yeah yeah that's right i saw you on thursday at last chance qualifier just palling around yeah um and then uh and then all right so let's quickly review i'm gonna pull you up here for your your main event uh matchups because you had a, a hell of a run, just the top level. You had two losses, and then you went on a crazy eight-zero winning streak for a final record of eight and two. Correct? That's correct. All right, just we're gonna look at the list here. Chris, you're gonna be happy to see this. Evil Chris gonna be happy to see this. He was flying the first order, representing. You had oh, midnight yeah. in the Thai FO with elusive swarm tactics, clusters, targeting synchronizer, and munitions failsafe. Uh, Malaris with clusters, Wrath, the Thai Whisper, who had Predator, Proud Tradition, Ion Cannon, Pattern Analyzer, and the Configuration. Then Whirlwind, who had Elusive, Marksmanship, Cluster, Optics, and the Config. And lastly, you had the Zai Shuttle. You had Gideon Hask in the shuttle, 
with elusive proud tradition, biohex codes, agent Terex, and tactical officer. And this now, I think you've talked, you had talked with us about this list previously, which yes. also I love on Roll Better. It shows like what you named the list F O Good Stuff. <laughs> An incredible name. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's pretty much what it is. Um, it's just uh, some of the most efficient stuff that I can find in First Order. Uh, oddly enough, uh, I am the only First Order list. Uh, right, I have two yeah. firsts, or two really onlys. Uh, I'm the only First Order list out of 30 First Orders uh, that does not have Scorch. Oh, and I, I think you the only okay. one with Wrath, right? And I'm the only one with Wrath. Interesting. Well, tell me about uh, why Scorch wasn't speaking to you. He seems like a really known quantity, like a good ship. Um, I, at that point, only had uh, space in my list for a three-point ship. Uh, huh. m- uh, Midnight, Whirlwind, and Gideon went in first. Okay. Um, so that was like 12 points taken up. And then I needed sort of like a pocket ace, really. Uh, and I originally wanted Kylo along that group, but First Order doesn't have a two-point ship. Right. So I had to kind of squeak down to a five-point ship. And out of the five-point ships, I really, really loved Wrath. Um, so it was just I had a single uh, space for a three-point ship left. And I think the obvious take there is Malaris over any of the other TIE Fighters. So it was just, there's one spot, it goes to Malaris. I don't need Scorch. Every, everything else is taken. All right. I'm pulling up your, um, I want to pull up your first two matches, um, which were the two losses, right? It was recovery. Yes. You, you lost the two and then you, then you went on a big winning streak. So I'm curious what, if anything, stands out from these. So your first loss was uh, against, uh, I don't know, his name is Grinder. the Baron? Darren uh, Grinder, yep. But it said, you know, he's got Separatist Alliance. This is kind of a droid swarm here, uh, sort of, Swarm E. Uh, it's three bombardment drones with prox mines, Dirge with uh, proton cannons, false transponders, Xanadu blood, and seismic charges, Grievous, standard loadout Grievous, and then the Iron Assembler, which is, uh, it remains one of my favorite names in X Wing, <laughs> with uh, energy shell charges, independent calc, uh, munitions fail safe. And grappling struts. All the droids had independent calculations because it's standardized. So, what was there anything that stood out from this list that was like direct counter to your list? Something you would have done differently? Something you didn't see uh, happening to you on the table before it was too late? Anything like um, that? That's that from this uh, match. Say it again. Anything that stands out from this match specifically? Uh, so generally, uh, I don't like complaining about dice. I do it a lot, but I don't enjoy doing it. <laughs> it's uh, good to on, be honest with yourself. Uh, on paper, this is a fantastic matchup for me. Um, just because I believe it was Assault. So he's got six ships. Uh, I have five with a medium base. So it's about even there. Um, Grievous and Dirge neither of them can really contend with Wrath just because Wrath is much faster and the jam is super, super important on those guys. Um, And the way that uh, the setup was uh, was pretty nice to me because I had a lot of open spaces. The drones want to be able to run around and run up into my face for the mines. I want to run up into their faces for the cluster missiles. So... Uh, early on, it just looked like a joust of his three bombardment drones into my cluster spam. And the first engagement happened, and I was able to put three attacks into each of the front bombardment drones. Mm, they okay. both went down to one, 
uh, the two that were alive at one did a two-die shot into Midnight and a two-die shot into Midnight and killed Midnight. Oh, my God. Just blanks oh into blanks. Oh, my God. That's and probably Blank City. It was – yes, I had – well, I – coordinated a focus and a calculate over to well i coordinated the focus and sent the calculate over to uh midnight from gideon to boost up the cluster missiles mm-hmm. so and i spent both of them doing damage on the cluster missiles i see and i just could not get through just the last thing and because of those bombers surviving the initial assault they then you know just a pair of two die shots into midnight killed midnight. Then they roll up, drop proxy, drop a pair of proxy mines on a whirlwind. One damage, roll two hits. One damage, roll two hits. Oof, Oof. And, that's, and that's an immediate dead uh, midnight that or is, whirlwind, right? That is yeah, correct. Only six so health. Yeah, instead okay. of losing six points of ships on, uh, sorry, instead of uh, destroying six points of my enemy ships on the first engage, I lost eight points of my own. Right, and that's and that's the kind of back foot thing that seems like it would be I'm not impossible, but really hard to come back from, right? Uh, yeah, midnight had to roll, so uh, midnight rolled no evades on seven dice. Yeah. Um, and then the odds of killing with a proxy are not like it's not great odds of survivability, but the fact that well, it's no mods, put, right? It's like yes. it's essentially. It's essentially two two die attacks, no mods that put through the damage, right? Yes. Like, just roll all hits, yeah. Yep. Um, and then from there, because like I was, I was doing pretty, I was uh, pretty happy on the other side. Uh, Raph was tying down Grievous and Iron Assembler, and was able to kill Iron Assembler and harass Grievous enough to keep him out of the main fight. Hmm, okay. Um, and then he lined up a proton cannon. Like uh, I won road. Malaris tried to get out of Dirge. Dirge lined up the proton cannon on Malaris, got the crit chain through, uh, and killed Malaris. Would you say... Uh, now, let me ask a question, right? Because now yes. you, you don't like to complain about dice despite admitting, <laughs> admitting that you do it. Um, and I think we all do it from time to time. Do you think, looking back at the 10 rounds of Swiss, do you think that there were games where the dice were just like on your side more than one, this game? One specifically. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> one specifically, I absolutely dice the guy you dice the guy okay yeah so it goes both ways right yes um your your next your next matchup which was the only other loss you had was against a resistance list it's actually very similar to sam what you were flying um and i yeah, kept po- running into that list i the kept falcon running list? I, I think i think i played four resistance players really with then doing all um, Poe falcon yes wow no resistance in the cut sadly Yes, there was no, that was that's correct. The highest ranking resistance player was like fourteen was Mark, or something. Like that. No, Mark was third. I think there was um, fifteen Poe Falcon lists. Wow, uh, but he had Poe Falcon uh, with uh, this is Wookie Cup Poe Falcon uh, with uh, title Ray Gunner uh, FTC engine upgrade novice technician trick shot and composure. Then uh, Kaz and the Fireball with heroic R sixty eight shield upgrade. Uh, Zay Versio with uh, M9G8 and Heroic. Uh, then we had BB8 with uh, Han Solo crew targeting computer. And then Finn with uh, Perceptive Copilot, Heroic, and Elusive. Some of these seem pretty standard builds. And I know, Sam, from your from talking to Katoff and talking to you before Worlds, I know that there's like a bunch of different ways you can do a Kaz and a bunch of different ways you can do a Zay. And it's kind of just like flavor to taste, right? Yeah, same five ships as me. I think these are the like safer upgrade choices or the more common ones at least. Um, 
I did like a kind of a a goofier Kaz, but I mean, when she, with him with shield upgrade is a very annoying sense. chip. Oh, sure, he stays three three for much longer, right? Yeah, and it just there's a lot of things that if they shoot him before he shoots at I four can hang kind of an annoying crit on him because he's mm-hmm. all hall normally. So shield upgrade on him is definitely good, and I'm looking forward to it going on the ban list. um so crispy now you've got a ton of experience playing this type of list uh well now you have a ton of experience playing against this archetype at least right now after worlds what uh what was up with this game tell us about it um so i had i had plans for a very good first engage i kind of got somewhat what i wanted um, where it was scramble, I believe, and I'd forced him to basically put all the ships back into a corner to prevent from getting um, clustered. Round, yeah, round two was scramble the transmission. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. Um, so I had I had a lot of good attacks. I started eating away into Zay, um, which was which was very nice. And then on the second engage, I kind of swapped up target priority because I assumed Zay. So Zay lived. I, I just assumed she was just going to four straight boost out. Otherwise, she just takes a whole bunch of range one attacks and just dies. Yeah. Um, so I'm like, okay, there's Kaz and then there's Finn turning in. Let's just go cluster those guys instead. Um, okay, I was able to, Yeah, I was able to get Finn double jam, so Finn focused. Got the double focus. I then rolled up with both of my whispers, whispers and double jammed them. Uh, so he had no mods. And then I kind of rolled up with Malaris. Malaris got you know blocked by Zay. Zay just one straighted forward. Um, Jeez. And I'm like, okay, that's a, kind of a weird take. Um, but the way that that block happened um, was Malaris bumped into... Um, Zay, and then Midnight was going to move where Malrus was. If Zay moved somewhere else, Malrus completes her maneuver, and then Midnight is just fine rolling up and doing whatever action she needed to. Right. So, I plan to have Gideon coordinate Whirlwind to rotate, and like just in case, on the off chance that like Zay does one straight, or like uh, Zay does like stay in range, I can rotate the turret on Whirlwind back, and Whirlwind gets a free shot. But I had to then spend that coordinate, making sure that Midnight didn't friendly bump. Um, mm, and then also okay. sit in range one of Zay. Um, Ouch. Yeah, so it was not as good on my side. I didn't get the lock that I wanted with Malrus. I had to. I didn't get the coordinate that I wanted with Gideon, because uh, I had to help out Midnight with a roll instead of providing a token or a, an additional shot somewhere. Uh, and then I fired a bunch of cluster missiles into, so Midnight and uh, Malaris were both able to fire cluster missiles into Kaz and Finn, and I did no damage. Oh, jeez. Because Malaris couldn't get a lock to reroll any of her results. I think she rolled two paint on the six dice. So, like, not great. Well, sometimes. Um, I... And then Midnight had to lock. So Midnight was rolling naked clusters instead of double-modded clusters. Um, and then Malrus was rolling single modded clusters, and I did no damage on any of them. Wow. And it's, and, it's, it's like yeah. one of those things where it's like sometimes like the what you think as like the non-optimal move, right? Because you're like, there's no way he's going to one forward with Zay. 
right? Yeah. Ended up being the right move because it was so unexpected, right? Like it ended yeah. up pl- working now, out, right? He could have one-stritted and taken the objective, at which point I'm kind of going, okay, I'm I'll, like, I'll take the midnight friendly bump because that way I still have a shot into Zay, and then I can coordinate the uh, rotate on Whirlwind, mm-hmm. and I can probably initiative snipe Zay. Um, but he focused instead of taking this. Like I went up a pretty early scenario lead, like four to one, before ships had been destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then from there, like Poe got in. Like I think Gideon died to three shots. Um, and then Zay was left alive on two at the end of the game. Finn was left alive on one at the end of the game, and Kaz Oof. was oh, alive on like one or two. That was uh, uh, all of my all of my points were scenario based. My my round one. I didn't get a kill. My round one uh, match uh, was a very was a much, was much closer than the like final score uh, showed because I left I left two of his ships, including a. Not Vader defender, but a tie defender on one health, and I was like, "Oh, geez!" And I missed with a prox mine, but just like a fraction, like of a like a millimeter, it was like so close. Even he was like, "Oh my god, does it fit?" Right, and like it barely fit, and it didn't get him, and he didn't curve, and he like was able to bank around it um, expertly. Yeah, so like, yeah, sometimes, well, sometimes stuff just lives on that one health and runs. And uh, so here, so round three is where you started your uh, your rapid win streak. You're eight, eight in a row, which um, sounds exhausting just saying. But uh, you, so you played uh, Rebels. Looks like we had a Lando, Falcon, Cornhorn, Tycho, KO, Tycho A-Wing, and KO A-Wing. Who, this person yep. also, this uh, Iced Yoda? Is this yeah, handle here? Josh. Josh played uh, lots of our people. Played Katoff, Crispy, and uh, Chance from uh, Liberty Squadron in a row. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! Yeah, whoops. Uh, he ended the day one and four. Um, I'm looking at this list and thinking like, oh, this is like these are all decent pieces, but I think it might suffer from a lot of what what you know rebels seem to suffer from, which is like a difficult difficulty getting like the strong shots and the amount of bodies you need for to like, cover the field for objectives. Um, and you know, like T65 X wings are. Kind are on the easier side to murder, right? Among other things, yeah. and if like, and if you can't, and if you can't get the protorps off, which um, I don't know if you know this, crispy, but the ships you were bringing can link basically anything into a jam. Um, <laughs> uh, Very helpful. Really helpful against protorps, right? It's good yeah. stuff. It uh, turns out. Yeah, and I don't think I don't think Josh um, really understood how good that was gonna be yeah and how fast the whispers can move too Um, right because what really what really set the tone for the game was he said keo like in the very corner at like a 45 degree angle and he said a crate um like directly in front of that like if she were to go straight she would run into that and Mm -hmm. then there's a uh there's a rock right next to it so on the first turn, she went two straight, and then Wrath is on that side, and he five straights boost coming for her. Then she two straights, right. picks up the crate. So now she's directly facing the rock, yep. and she's hoping that, all right, we're probably just going to slip out of here, or do the side slip out of here, right? Yes. Because Wrath is coming in for a shot. 
Raph banks in, boosts, and jams her. And he's like, oh, wait. You can boost jam. Because his plan with Lando was to come around, do a blue maneuver, and then give her an evade. Yeah, okay, so she'd have focus evade. Or sorry, so force evade. She'd, she'd have force evade. As long as she can spend her force on defense, she can just sideslip out of there and she's okay. But what had happened was I had jammed the evade and then I rolled up. I have the ion cannon on Wrath out the front. I get the natties. I get the four hits. And he rolls like uh, like evade force blank. Yeah. Where the evade would have saved the, the right. evade would have saved him from being ionized, but spending mm. the force wouldn't matter. And he ionize and wrath ionizes Keo into the rock. Oh wow. Geez. That's that's very mean. I, see, I, uh... I, I might do something like that, but not intentionally. <laughs> yeah. I did want to ask you in round because you were probably feeling the heat in round nine and round ten, but in round nine you had to play Stumbo, who's the guy that um, his, his online name is Jay Stumbo, but that's the guy James, who won James Stumbo, winner of LVO yeah. at the, yes. uh, the very famous so, Dooku list. Yeah. So, what was your kind of strategy against that list, and how did you beat it? Um, this is so like going into and having prep for worlds and knowing what I might fly up against. I know Mm -hmm. that there are not a lot of people running that list and like James is really good with that list, but this is like a 90%, like, like a 90, 10, almost a hundred percent win for me. Mm -hmm. Um, just because of how he flies particularly and how the list flies all together because the bombardment drones do not have networked. They have independent. Uh, sorry, they uh, sorry they don't have independent. They have networked. Oh, okay. So they have to stick around next to each other, or else I can just kill them one by one, and they so you don't get them to death. I, I I I took two off the board before he had fired a shot. Yeah, right. Which is which to your point uh, earlier against your round er- one opponent. Like you were trying to do that exact same thing, and it just the dice didn't yeah. work out for that, right? And it was it was chance engagement. So he had Dooku on the far side cloaked, and he had Dirge in the middle cloaked. And I've seen his games. I know how he flies, and I know how to p- approach this list. This is a very it's a very easy list to beat as long as you know. Literally, just don't send anyone at Dooku. Dooku is not fast enough to get into the fight. Mm-hmm. Just point all of your guns at the bombardment drones and kill them. And you hear me, that Paul Heaver who lost to him in round five? <laughs> it's easy to beat. Yeah. I'm not knocking James at all because like, obviously he won LVO with it. And it's no, a we're very, knocking like, Paul Heaver. Yeah, but like, <laughs> it's a very easy list to beat. Just do right. not engage Dooku for the first two rounds. Just yeah, for the first two rounds of engagement, for... don't care. That's that's a really hard thing to do. I think. I think it's it's. it's mu- I think that's much easier said than done. Like you're in the game, you see that big juicy Dooku target with those fucking protorps, and you're like, ah, I gotta kill it, right? Uh, yeah. Seven points. It's a big base. Easy to get the bullseye. Like I can see how, I can see how someone without a lot of experience against the list looks at that list and says, I w- I want to shoot the Dooku, right? Yes. Like, and it makes sense. I agree with If you have no plan, it is very difficult. If you have mm-hmm. a plan, it's quite easy. I agree with Crispy in, in total principle, just like thinking about it. But I but I respect the guy. He stuck with it, and he beat a lot of good players with it. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, he was, cool. what, 6-2 and two going into that round? So he was beating a lot of players. 
Yep. Yeah, I mean, yeah. just just to have played eight X-wing games is impressive enough, much less be six and two. Yeah. So, yeah, right. um, but yeah, it was. I mean, it was chance engagement, so I didn't have to worry about like Dooku or Dirge doing objectives. I just hung around Wrath, pretty close to the center. Um, I think he he eventually like eventually Dooku decloaked and banked in. Reach for lock, didn't get it. Had to hard turn in, reach for lock, got it. And I think got the shields off Wrath, off of like a range three obstruct proton torpedo. But now Jeez. he's looking directly into the center, at which point Wrath, uh, sorry, uh, Whirlwind, just three hards, focus jams. And now uh, uh, Dooku was in jam hell and just never got a token again. Oh, yeah, because with the multiple, a lot, a lot of people were doing multiple whispers. So I've th- I have three jam actions. Gideon Gideon has a white jam on his action bar, and it is amazing. And this Dooku is I three too, so it is. this is like yeah. So this it's uh, so uh, so Hask is moving after this That's Dooku correct. every time. So lining up the bullseye and or just being in range is something you can more easily manufacture for a jam from him. Like the yep. whispers, the whispers doing that range two bullseye. Like those are squirrely small ships that are higher initiative. It's like those, those are primed to nail that bullseye and get that jam off. Yep. Right. And, and, and Hask is like a little less so, but against an I three, he's more so I three large yeah. base nonetheless. Right. Yeah. And whirlwind, like whirlwind at I three, like depending on road, I can go for a block or I can go for like, I just see where he goes and then I go, okay, boost jam. And just like make sure that he never gets a token again. And with midnight, I can lock him and his force doesn't matter. And then like he can throw uh, shots into midnight that are naked. Or by the time that uh, he goes to shoot whirlwind, whirlwind already has his focus tokens. And now it's right. all right. I can have single modded offense, but I'm shooting into double modded defense, or I can have no modded offense shooting into modded defense. And it just is, it, it made it just incredibly difficult for Dooku to do anything once he got in, in range of the whispers. Interesting. So I and just he had blew- to cloaked to, to, to try to catch up with points. That's correct. I forced right. Dooku to decloak. I never shot at Dooku unless he was decloaked. In your last match, you had a little first order cannibalism that actually looked like a close one. Um, any any Which special is, moments? This is uh, oh, against yes. Fruitcake. This Matt, is a right? good one. This was a good one. So Fruitcake Matt, Greg Squire, uh, we have played many many times online. He, I see him a lot in GSP discords. Uh, I think he shows up on Hexeld every now and then. So, so let, let's play. really quick, really quick, I'm just gonna inform everyone what his list was. Yeah. It was Kylo Ren and the Whisper with enhanced jamming suite, sensor scrambles, concussion missiles, elusive, instinctive aim, and a shield upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, rather than the uh, advanced optics that you might usually see. Uh, he had Mal with Magpulse, Scorch with shield upgrade, and also DT with shield upgrade, and then the usual recoil with sensor scrambles and predator. Crispy. Take it away. Yeah, so uh, this was Salvage, and he did have three good ties that were ready to pick up uh, crates. Mm-hmm. I have three I have three ships that enjoy picking up crates, Midnight, Mal, and Gideon. So it was going to kind of be a race on who picks up three versus two, and then mm-hmm. where that stands going down the long run. Um, and... Uh, what happened was I placed Gideon 
kind of on the side where I had a crate really close to my board edge, so I'm just planning on Gideon moving, taking it. Uh, Whirlwind and Midnight can both uh, engage in the center. I've got them lined up to do that. Um, and then he sets up a recoil almost directly across from Gideon. So I generally, if I see someone trying to line up across Gideon, I put Wrath right next to him, right? So now if you want to joust in a Gideon, Wrath is also there. And Wrath at the I-5 is going to have that advantage of a recoil. So my plan was, hopefully I can push recoil into the center where my bigger guns are. He then sticks Kylo directly next to recoil. They're both cloaked. And I remember a game where oh, he's done this before, where he just sets them both on the same side, and he decloaks five straights and boosts. So I'm oh, like, oh. okay, let's see if I can do something about this. Somebody did his homework. So I have Midnight and Whirlwind start moving towards the center like I normally do. I have Gideon kind of, you know, bank away, like, oh, he doesn't want to be there. Um, he does the decloaks, he does the five straights, he does the boosts. Uh, Gideon coordinates an evader to Wrath, Wrath five straights back into them. Ooh. And now is at range one of both Ky of Kylo and Recoil. Jams and, Recoil. And, and then, then that uh, lets him get his tokens, right? Yeah, so uh, yeah. Recoil had the focus boost, so he was focused and stressed, so I didn't want to give a double modded attack. So I jammed Recoil, and Kylo boost jammed to give himself the extra defense die. Mm -hmm. um, and then... I also used the Terex Calculate, and I slung that over to Wrath. So now Wrath has Focus Calc Evade sitting in front of these guys. Lord. And so he has to take the range three shots into Gideon. He, he does three damage on the shots, which are ow, into Gideon specifically, because I, uh, I, all of the defensive things that I usually give Gideon, I sent to someone else. And then Wrath range one hits with the Ion Cannon into Kylo and ionizes him. Oh, man. And the next turn, Whirlwind and Midnight immediately hard turn into the corner and two-shot Kylo. Oof. In the I got him. It, well, no, it, so was, it, was, it was perfect as I had planned. Um, but what had happened was, in the meantime, he picks up three crates with his ties. Oh, so he's getting okay. points every round. Uh, I picked up one with Midnight because they're, they're the, the one in the corner that I intended for Gideon to pick up, Midnight ended up doing a hard turn in and picking it up because uh, I was able to get the lock on the previous turn. So it was... So I killed Kylo turn two. Um, which was very, very nice. The problem being I am now bleeding out on objectives. Right, yeah. And, uh, Malorus is on an island with Scorch. Scorch was able to pick up the objective first. Hey, Malorus... You don't have any crit-giving uh, ships, correct? No, no, yeah. I don't. No, I don't. So what happens is everyone kind of breaks off into their own thing. Gideon is running for his life. Uh, Malorus eventually is able to knock the crate off Scorch, and then Gideon mm -hmm. is able to run over to where Scorch is and pick up the crate. So now it's 2-2, two -two, but... Greg has already caught up. Like, Greg has already closed the gap on score. Right. Um, I just need Wrath to carry me through the game. 
because now there is nobody that he's afraid of on the board. Mm-hmm. Recoil is moving before him, and everything that can shoot him is TIE Fighters. The only I-5 left for Greg is Malaris, and Malaris is holding a crate. So I know where Malaris is going to be at all times. Right, and no reposition. It's pretty easy to read that, and she's not going to be barrel rolling out of the way. Right, right, right. Um, well, and you have you have a little bit of the advantage in that. Well, I mean, same as Greg would have had against you in knowing how the ships fly broadly, yep. right? Like, it's like being experienced with your with the same ships as your opponent is like super valuable. Yes. Uh, eventually, Wrath uh, is able to bring down Malaris and Scorch. And Gideon dies. Gideon dies eventually. It takes a long time for him to die. He took a lot more damage in the opening two engages than I thought he would. And then right at the very end, he's running around with a crate and he's dodging shots left and right. So wow. it's coming back. He's, he's fine. Eventually, eventually DT finds him and guns him down. Um, but at that point, I had killed Scorch with Wrath and I'd killed Malaris. So it was just DT and Recoil trying to finish off a ship. And at this point, my Malaris is down to one. Jesus Christ. Okay. And I think it was like the last turn or something. I don't remember what the score was going into it, but it was 1915, I want to say, mm. where if I lost Malaris, I lose to crates. Right, because yeah, yeah, so that's the three it'd be yeah, three for Malaris and then if he's I got lose more crates. Any ships. Like I had done I had done the math in my head. I'm like, Midnight's holding on to a crate. I need Midnight to not like as long as Midnight is holding a crate every turn, I can not like I can't lose a ship and win. I I don't have enough ships to uh I don't have enough ships to hold crates to win that back and the crates were all in bad spots. I had Whirlwind pick up a crate near the end of the game and then Malaris shut the crate off Ugh. right before she died. And I'm like and then of course it goes behind them and now I don't have that crate for the turn. Because that was my win condition earlier. I would have won earlier if Whirlwind was able to pick up that crate and run around with it. Mm-hmm. But Malware shot it off right before she died. Wow. Um, and then it was just Malaris and Wrath running for the hills on the last turn of the game while Midnight's just one-hearting in a corner away from any, everyone else while she's sitting on a crate. And both of you needed this game. I think you were both seven wins at the time, right? Yes, we were both We were both seven and two. So this awesome. this, this brings up a, a quick interlude question. And uh, we'll start with Crispy, but I'd like to hear from all of you guys quick. It might be quick answers, but is it is is salvage when you have five or six ships is it really a race for the crate first or is it like you know what if i if i don't have this five to six ships am i using uh, and i'm put am i putting this crate in a position where i know uh i can maybe destroy one of your ships trying to go for it so basically is it race for a crate when you have five or six ships or are you blending some other strategy like using it as a carrot it know? is it is a mix because you do need you can't just pick up a crate willy nilly and just say, "All right, I'm fine. I've got the advantage." Uh, this goes back to the game where I absolutely dice where I absolutely dice David Sutcliffe, um, where he was running six ship foe against my five ship foe in salvage, and he had Gaelic pick up a crate, and Midnight and Whirlwind two shot him because mm. he had no defensive mods. I put three yep. hits. With a cluster with some mods, three hits with a cluster with some mods, and he rolled like one of eight. Blanks into blanks, right? Yeah. Yep. 
but he had several focus results out there. And boom, I've immediately tied the numbers without losing out on crates. So that was the carrot. To use it as a carrot. And then, yeah. then are you placing one crate kind of on your side that way maybe Gideon or somebody could just get it early? Or yeah. Uh, I, yeah. Malaris is able to pick up a crate early because if she just like runs out and takes it, she can protect herself. Mm-hmm. And then Gideon also can, if he picks up a crate, if he just somehow like someone dive bombs him, he can use Terex and give himself a, a calc to pretend, you know, hey, you know, I've got this extra token on me. Try not to shoot me. Uh, I did have to send that calc up to midnight because midnight mm-hmm. was in the was in six firing arcs. Uh, yeah, uh, Whirlwind picked up six focus tokens that turn and then spent two of them. That's um, amazing. Lo- lovely ability on that guy. That's but a fun interaction. A, yeah, it's it's just a matter of whether you can afford to lose that ship or if you have another more enticing shot. Because um, I know with droids as well, where if a droid picks up a crate, you just shoot the droid. Because it's it's going to die. If it doesn't right, calculate right, every right. turn, it's right. going to die. Um, however, are you able to afford shooting that droid, that iron assembler, that 404, if there's a Grievous range one in your face, do you need to try to repel Grievous or Django or Dirge? Do you need to shoot someone else who is way more important in order to get some, you know, like like you don't want to face a range one shot from any of those guys, but you also want to deny your opponent points. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it could cascade, kind of like the um, scramble I could find. I find that really cascades. Sam, Pete, what do you think? Like race for the crate, use it as well, a carry. Depends so, on the scenario. It, I, I, a lot of times I will place crates in places that are like <laughs> tempting for the opponent. And then it, it, it's it's like a, a game time decision. Like if I get up to the crate first, right, especially if there's a lot of initiative overlap, I place it in a place where it's like, okay, I want to set my dials and be ready to either grab the crate or punish him if he grabs the crate or punish my opponent, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like you get the crate somewhere that's almost, uh, you know, quote unquote convenient for both players, like with obstacle placement, where it's mm-hmm. like, all right, so if I get there first and I'm looking okay, I'm going to grab the crate. Or I might even get there and elect not to grab it to try to entice you further to grab it um, and hopefully just punish that. And, you know, a lot of times when I have lists uh, going, I have something to push the the crits through. We were talking about how Crispy's list did not have any specific crit tech. uh, Mm -hmm. But a lot of times I'll have something like Marksmanship or I'll have some sort of Torpedo or some sort of, you know, like Django Fire Spray ability. Right. There's like lots of different little things that can, uh, you know, kind of not guarantee, but like, you know, encourage a crit uh, or convert to a crit. Right. So a lot of times if I'm doing that, it's like I want you to pick up the crate because you don't then you don't have an action. And I'm confident I can push the crit through to make you drop it before it scores you anything. Right. So that's that's generally where I go with salvage. But I'm also uh, I'm 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 turn zero. And this sort of planning is by far my weakest aspect of the game. Right. Well, I mean, you, I know you said that, but I mean, it's also, I mean, everyone talks about <laughs> salvage, you know, even on TTS, it's like when salvage comes up randomly, you're like, ah, shit. So, I mean, I think it helps like us to hear like it's, what you, it's, what you I mean, do, it's among, you know? it's among the hardest scenarios to parse because picking up a crate, uh, 
does so much to the way you have to think about your maneuvers, right? Because almost every ship can reposition in one way or another. And the best ships get access to like more easy repossession, repossession tech or uh, stuff where, you know, like Crispy's ships, like you talk about the whispers are great because they can boost jam, right? Mm -hmm. Well, when you have that crate, you can't boost jam, right? So it's like, it just the the way it limits the ships is very interesting in the way it changes your mid game decision making. And, and I forget sometimes I'll, I'll go and I'm I'll have a crate, and I I you know we're fo so we we don't mind the tie fighters usually having a crate. But sometimes I've done moves where I'm like okay well I'm gonna move here and then I'll just barrel to get out of this arc and all of a sudden I do the Yo, move and whoops, then I go no you won't. Yep. I can't move, you know? Yeah. Um, Sam, I know you do resistance, obviously, a lot. Uh, and you t- tend to fly, like, the five ship lists. Any thoughts on, like, crates, on the placement, carrot, using it as a carrot, or is it a race to get it with your with your type of I don't, I don't, I don't pick up crates, because to do so is to legitimize AMG's objective X-Wing. Um, <laughs> I imagine every game is first edition, actually. <laughs> and I... I, I do a green maneuver and then I shoot out of my 360 degree turret. Green, you brought it back. I'm just taking it all the way back. Absolutely disgusting. Green. You, you, um, do, you do a green maneuver, you recover a shield, right? With bigs. I think a lot of it, I mean, it's one of those things where the upside is, is like, um, you know, a, a massive and, and like basically if you can grab a crate, survive an engagement and disengage, the number of points you can score over the course of the game is very large, right? Mm-hmm. So to, to Pete's point, I think a lot of it depends on the the turn I pick up this crate and then every other turn after that that I am going to get shot. How guaranteed is it that I'm going to take a crit? Because it's like, obviously, if the opponent has advanced targeting computer, why even pick it up? Just take a focus token, you know? Because you, you're probably going to take a crit. I mean, it's different for you guys because you all have 10 agility, but... In the resistance, it's like, you know, you don't pick up a crate with uh, Zay if Vader's going to shoot you. Right. I mean, I think I literally had that situation. So, Mm -hmm. but, you know, if you can limp away with a crate, you know, it's, it's a, it can be a ton of points. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. The early crates, like getting a turn two crate grab that you can hold on to is almost more valuable than killing a ship early. I, I tend to pick up crates with like high value ships. I think it's kind of an under utilized i think people are reticent to do it but i when i was flying that vader was that's your friends list in the finals right crispy um yeah so that's what i flew at pax i think upgrade for upgrade so then it, it, i would pick up crates with vader I and mean, whatever <laughs> you know it's like it yeah. just turns afterburners off but it's it, a lot of times people for whatever reason and the current meta just don't shoot at your most valuable ship, which unless it's a cloaked Count Dooku seems kind of wrong to me, but that's a huge force multiplier in a game. If you can pick up a crate with that ship, because people I think fall into the trap of like, Oh, it's got 10 health or it's got eight health or it's got seven health. And that's going to take too long to shoot at. So those are the kind of ships where I'm trying to get a crate, not just the like Academy pilots or, Black Squadron Aces, because mm-hmm. people just give up on shooting ships with force or high health. I mean, that's I mean, that's just the product of two point five, right? I yeah, like, yeah. you're going well, to I score. Think... You are going to score scenario points 
So, to get to 20 points, I don't need to kill 20 points of your list. I'm going to pick the most easy to kill 12 points, and I'm going to get 8 scenario points. Or, yeah. like, and just, that's the plan. Like, I, I like, whenever that... I look at Boba Cannon list, I just go, I, like, unless I have a really good turn to kill Boba, or, like, threaten Boba, I'm just not going to shoot Boba. I'm like Vader yeah. Defender. I have yeah, like, I think going into right. Vader Defender games. I have zero plan to kill Vader Defender. Well, those Boba Cannon lists, right? That you should always shoot the other big ship. That's not Boba, yeah, you, right? You right. They, seven pointer, and you win the game. But but I think there are lists where it's not it's not that cut and dry. And people, for the reasons you're saying, which are true, which is like you should take the low hanging fruit a lot of times and go for objectives. They don't. They just don't even think about like shooting your big point ship. And sometimes they're they're not. They're not hard to kill. Not everyone's Boba Fett. Not everyone's, uh, you know, Defender Vader. In fact, I would say only Boba Fett and Defender Vader are Boba Fett and Defender Vader. So it's like, you know, like Django can die real easy. You know, Super easy. I can Django. speak to that. <laughs> Poe Falcon can die. People don't shoot Poe Falcon sometimes. Like they don't even look at him. It's kind of crazy to me. But uh, I'll tell well, you something, you, um, something that shouldn't, I... You shouldn't look at him though if you're playing me. Just to add PSA <laughs> for everyone out there. <laughs> He's popular, but something something that I I've kept in mind on a couple of I think TTS matches. What I wish I've done, and I think I've done this maybe in two point oh, um, but uh, it's very scenario situational based. Excuse me, but if 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 you see for an example Poe Falcon, it's round four. Um, you're not sure how many more rounds you have left. Maybe two, maybe, and if he's full health. I might, and if I'm down, if I need to get to another round, uh, and I regret not doing this because I think I've hit time, I think maybe say, you know what, I'm not going to shoot him. I want to get to the next round. And then now you might be saving time to increase whatever your win condition is. Because if your win condition, for example, is, you know, if I'm if I'm supposed to shoot Poe Falcon just because he's there, or is my win condition to get to the next round and try and get a crate or try and kill another ship, then maybe forego engaging, quote-unquote, if you're not going to do much of anything. I don't know how you guys feel about that. No, that's that's um, that's sometimes reasonable. I actually had a... And, and there's other reasons not to engage, too. Um, I, again, again I, I did get paired with Liam, uh, which was exciting for both of us, and we had uh, not a quite a mirror match because he was doing the Tri-Fighter version of the, uh, the Django uh, Dirge plus some friends list. Uh, but I had his Django on one or two hull and he won road. So he just elected not to shoot my Django, which was his only shot to prevent the notorious strain mm-hmm. coming back. And he was like, I'm just, he's like, I will choose not to shoot. And I was like, you son of a bitch. And then, yeah. um, <laughs> well, to, to Crispy's point a second yeah. ago, like the, when you create all these objective point ways to get points through objectives as a means to encourage engagement. Mm-hmm. Ironically on the fringes, it has the opposite effect of because there are other ways to score. You want to preserve your ship points. And a lot of times it is correct not to shoot at a ship with notorious, you know, or a ship that right. can double tap based on damage or something like right. that, like quick draw or, or uh, Although I feel like it's always right to shoot Oopal because he has no agility. Right. Yeah. Just murder him. Yeah. It's free yeah. high points. Yeah, yeah, so I, I, Crispy, thank you for taking us through your 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 wins and losses too, because it's important, I think, you know, uh, to review even what happened in a loss. Is it like something you can learn from? Is it something? Is it dice? Is it this? Is it that? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Looking at our top 10 in the world and anything is uh, pretty good. I've heard pretty fucking so, good. Yeah. So no matter where they cut the, the, the stupid cut at eight right. is so brutal for worlds too. But. Well, eight is, I, I believe the cutoff for when, uh, of who from the previous worlds gets the auto invite to the next worlds. So right. I think that is kind of one of the reasons. And also Chris Allen's got his own math behind what systems they want to use. And stuff He's like a crazy. Well, I don't listen. I've never been one for math. So, uh, <laughs> I see. I say, I say what you did was, uh, was crazy good anyway. And, uh, even too, yeah. For, yeah. Forget those other eight guys. They we, didn't come on the podcast, so they stayed. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we were definitely cheering you on there, and uh, I know Chris was cheering you on from afar. Chris, be, one because we like you, friend of the podcast, Crispy, but also Chris was like seeing the fo, and he was like, "Yes." Um, actually, I told Chris Daniel, Evil Chris, I told you you're banned from complaining because fo won worlds. Um, so happy. It was like we won. It was yeah, like we yeah, won. It's it's exactly the same. Yeah, it's no, it's not at all different. <laughs> Absolutely no difference. Yeah, um, I do want to quickly go over the winning list. Was Nicholas uh, God? Is his last name really God? It so is. I think it's short for something for a longer name, right? God. Oh, no? okay. No, right it's, it, it's God. Oh, it is God. okay. So he's God, but we can't be God. Well, that's not true. He actually has two losses in uh, the tournament. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he was flying the uh, the first order. He had Malaris with Magpulse. He had Lieutenant Gaelic uh, with Elusive and Ion Cannon. He had DT and Scorch. Uh, DT had Elusive and Optics, and Scorch had Elusive, Fanatical, and Optics. Uh, he had Backdraft, the Thai SF. Chris, I know you love Backdraft. Um, elusive, Optics, and Special Forces Gunner. And then lastly, rounding out, he had Ember in the Thai BA with Elusive and Lone Wolf. And something I'm noticing looking at this list is I don't know who to shoot because nothing here is like a lot of points. All of it is like three or four points at max. Uh, Ember's got three agility. Everything's got three agility except for Backdraft, who has more health. So Crispy... Who should I shoot if I ever end up in Sweden? <laughs> um, Playing X-Wing against Nicholas Scott flying this list. <laughs> not, not just get off if, the plane in Sweden if you and start have shooting. I, if you have I-5s, if you have multiple good I-5 shots, you just shoot Scorch. Like, mm, it's just, sure, like, okay. it's, like Scorch and DT, you can kill them. Very, very Yes, good. yeah. Especially if they have no shield. Yeah. And he's running the more offensive. Um, he's running the more dice efficient version. Okay, with elusive though, like that's a little yeah, newer. Yeah. Um, with, I've, I've I've started to mess around with that. I think I so. Running elusive optics uh, basically encourages your opponent to somewhat focus fire. Uh, but it also punishes them for focus firing, right? Because you've got elusive and optics on pretty much every ship out there, except for Malaris and Ember, if I'm correct. Uh, um, and Gaelic, and Gaelic, either, yeah. Gaelic, yeah. But still, three, Gaelic, Gaelic three ships have that. Okay. Yeah, right. so three ships. Have, elusive, um, yeah. So those three ships with elusive and optics, if you do not shoot at them, then you are uh, giving them the opportunity to have more. Uh, offensive attacks, like more uh, efficient attacks, right? That's the word. Uh, because they have optics. 
Like they have that soft mod where now their uh, their floor for the amount of dice that they're rolling is much higher because you're you're guaranteed one hit. They're never gonna blank out, and it's very unlikely that they will have multiple blanks and multiple eyeballs. Um, so they're pretty consistently two die guns, like two hits, two hits, two hits, two hits, two hits. It's an um, old, old five a stuff. Yes. Right. Now, just death by a thousand cuts. If you want to split your fire and attempt to say, knock all of these focus tokens off one, just splitting fire is generally not a good idea, but two, you are running into more charges of elusive. If you keep shooting the same guy, his elusive charge is going to be spent. Right. But, Everyone else is going to have efficient attacks. If you spread the fire, they're going to have less efficient attacks, but they're going to have more efficient defense. Because you're not getting rid of the elusive on the same guy and shooting into the guy that doesn't have elusive. You're spreading out your shots, and he's getting more value per engage. Um, really, the easiest the easiest target to kill is Gaelic, just because that ion cannon is pretty important. Uh, right. and Gaelic doesn't have anything that... Uh, protects himself. He's probably just going to be focused. Uh, I told someone I think Gaelic saved the the game. Believe it or not. Um, oh yeah, abs- absolutely. Gaelic, it's Gaelic about was Vader for that round. You know, Ga- no, Gaelic was the MVP of that list. Yeah. yeah, like in the final and even in the semifinal, Gaelic ionizing Dutch before he can get his locks out was mm. an insane heads up play by Nicholas. But um. It is I-5, and Nicholas can hold back Gaelic if he needs to. Um, and of course, if you shoot Gaelic, Gaelic doesn't really have a pilot ability, but the pilot ability isn't that particularly strong anyway, mm-hmm. um, because you need to coordinate someone that isn't stressed. You can coordinate while stressed, but you got to coordinate someone who isn't stressed. And Scorch is going to stress himself. Malaris is going to stress himself. Um, it's really, you have... DT as your only good coordinate option. Maybe backdraft if he's around. Um, because Ember is going to be getting lock focus pretty much every turn. Uh, I love that Ember build. I'm the, the way that he flies it, Lone Wolf pays off. Um, I, I'm not sure if that's the best option. I mean, Lone Wolf Elusive just lets Ember play out on an island and Right. Can do whatever, uh, whatever they want. Once but, he's in the mix with everyone else, then the lone wolf is useless. But maybe yeah. he's he's accomplished what he wanted to by that time. Well, I mean, if we see in the final, particularly, um, where Ember had lone wolf on the outside, and then as soon as mm-hmm. Vader just turns in towards everyone else, Ember has to turn in, and then Ember's range to a backdrop for the entire game. Yeah. Right. And just but so the second it's, it's matchup dependent, I suppose. The, the, the semifinals, I I would have bet money that Ember was going to melt against uh, Jansen, and then I think I think he was possibly bringing in the B wing. I can't remember. And then I was like, oh, Ember's dead, and then Ember survived, and then he ended up behind him. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, all right. I just love that you said B wing right there. Love a B wing. Love that. Yeah. Listen. <laughs> Two rebel lists made this. Uh, the rebel this, list. This I think if you if you look at the top ten lists, um, there's so many things I was told were bad. <laughs> uh, the the rebel faction, but also like you know, crispy was rocking the shy shuttle. Um, right. Yeah. It was yeah. We, we were told that was yeah, bad. Was we were told that was bad. So good. Oh, and that's that's the number one thing, right? Like for me, and, like I can complain about faux players. Sorry to cut you off here. No, no, no. No yeah, one, no, 
I tell people to enjoy Wrath. Barely anyone takes me seriously. And mm-hmm. everybody hates on the shuttle for no reason. That's right. Tell I'm, him. Go off, King. Get number nine I'm, in the I'm, world. Tell I'm him. also pro shuttle, but on the basis of nothing. So, I mean, you've got more authority here to, to speak on it. But those crew are so good. And I love its little action bar and the talents, you know, that you can put on it. The, mm-hmm. the double talents a lot is cool. Um, also, two people in these top 10 lists were flying uh, Jag and Arc or Jag and Wolf, I mean. Um, Hell yeah. In the Arc 170s. So uh, we were told that wasn't viable and uh, we were lied to by, by Big X Wing. So there you go. <laughs> Big X Wing. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked, I liked the mix of stuff we had. It was cool seeing Boy Han, who I was told explicitly is bad. I may yeah. have even said he's bad myself. I'm sipping the juice on that. But let me tell you. So, so walk- funny. Just the lifespan of boy Han, where it's like when it got spoiled, like what the upgrades were, people were like, it's gotta be 10 points. <laughs> right. And then it's bad at seven. You know, it's just like, it's wonderful. Listen, I'm Hondo making him an appearance. Eh, fuck Hondo. Nice. Oh, you take that back. You take uh, he's that fine. back. He's fine. He's fine. I do feel like you could put anything as that third ship and that list is kind of, uh, yeah. you know, it, anything mean, within reason. <laughs> yeah. There's, as long as it's not Fenrau, you're okay. Right. It could right. be a fire spray or like I could even, if it had been like the Mandalorian, I wouldn't have been totally shocked. Right. Yes. So. Yes. Right. Bring, um, like, oh man. I love man. All right. Crispy. Important question. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite prize you walked away from worlds with? Ooh. Ah. Oh, alrighty. Oh man, that that is an excellent, excellent question. Well, one uh, of your yeah. favorites. One of your favorites. That way, no one feels not. Oh man. So they. Oh man. Do you want it, Do you want it to be the favorite thing that I got as a prize, or just thing that I got in general? Yeah, let's do. Let's do. Let's do favorite prize wall thing, and then we can Go talk. Off, King. And we can right. talk about the. Uh, the I, I keep calling it the X Wing Cultural Exchange because I kept trading stuff with people. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, yeah, and I, I got some fun stuff I want to shout out too. But no, your friend, like your favorite like prize wall thing, like you walked away from from playing. The event that AMG uh, gave you. Okay, yeah. Right? So, so no, no feelings here. This is just Papa AMG has given it to you. Right? Oh, man. So the um, the damage deck that I got for top 32 with mm. the uh, Sabine's Phoenix on it yeah. is very, very clean. Ooh, nice. It is quite, quite nice. On the uh, on the on the side, uh, so on the back, we know. Is there anything special art-wise on the uh, like you know where it shows there, like where the ship there, it there gets is hit? Not. It's ah, okay. It's very plain, very simplistic, but I'm 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 perfectly okay with that. It makes my cards easier to read. I don't need to sure 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 like look down and go oh my goodness what what is that part of the ship? Whoa, the ghost is exploding, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah. And then probably the favorite thing that I got from the con was the Hexile Doot Flute. Oh my god. The what? Fucking kazoos? Yes. So <laughs> there was were, a People su- were kazooing constantly. Oh my god. Eric, there keep going. was a sub goal uh, some time ago on Hexile where 
uh, there was this Doot flute. It was it, like it, it's a kazoo. Like it's it's a kazoo with the Hexal logo. We just all call it Doot flutes. And there was a sub goal to like get a whole bunch of them at Gen Con, and that was immediately met, right? Um, and so John, I think his I think his tag is Copper Blue, um, showed up to the con with three hundred kazoos. Oh my oh, god. I I have ten in my bag right now. Chris, you could not you could not go an hour without hearing someone kazooing near you at the fucking yes. tournament. <laughs> <laughs> it was and, and and we are we're we're still upset at Dion for not allowing us to kazoo the national anthem to start off the tournament. Oh my god. <laughs> no one it's wanted an international us to tournament, you see. You 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 have to you have to play the international like Olympic theme or something. I mean, we would uh, learn it in a heartbeat. <laughs> you're, you're, you're skilled enough on your dude flute. Exactly. I, uh, we, we've been practicing. I well, I was uh, I, uh, one. Uh, they they gave us at the last chance qualifier and at Worlds like uh, the 2020. They must have been 2020 like regionals templates that were going to be like maneuver templates. Mm-hmm. They got Y wings on them. I was really excited for those. I've never I've never gotten. Uh, FFG or AMG official te- maneuver templates before, so I was really thrilled to get those. Yeah. Uh, and I, I went and bought a Boy Han card uh, alt art off the prize wall. After seeing his run, I was like, oh, I got to get on this Boy Han. Uh, they got the full art on the background, but I think my favorite one might be the Biggs card because it's just this beautiful Biggs art, and it's got beautiful big old mustache. Um. And then yeah, so I yeah I kept calling it the X Wing Cultural Exchange. I met I met a couple of the Australians in uh, in our hotel lobby like the night before uh, Saturday night or whatever. We were hanging out playing some board games, and they came over. We were just talking a bunch of X Wing and stuff. And uh, Andrew was staying with me from Liberty Squad, and he went upstairs and got a got a bunch of cards to give them alt art cards, and they gave us a bunch of tokens that like have. Um, I guess they could be shields. I'm going to use them for like uh, scramble the transmissions. They're uh, Australia. It's blue Australia on one side, red Australia on the other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Very I think cool. <laughs> I think uh, Josh. I think his name is Josh Benjamin. I played uh, played around at Aces High with him. Maybe the most fun I've had doing Aces High. At least the most fun I've had in a long, long time. I'll say just tons of laughs. Uh, I was give, I gave them first of all, Chris. They were very pleased to see the uh, the the Chris face template. They oh were boy. like, "That's they're like that's incredible," and I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> um, and I gave them I gave them all yet another one straights, and um, and Josh gave me jam tokens that have Jeremy Jam from Parks and Rec on them. Oh, <laughs> so the guy's just like you just got jammed. <laughs> Uh, it was yeah, it was fantastic. Yeah, so the X Wing Cultural Exchange was great too. Just trading, tons of alt arts, tons of tons of stuff getting swapped around. Sam, you walk away with anything fun? No, well, man. This I is, gave this my, is why I we my stuff to you. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, you gave me your prize tickets. That's how I afforded all these fucking alt arts. That's how you're in the money. That's right. I was fat, fat stacks. Uh, yeah, I played some business. He he doesn't need the alt. Oh arts. yeah, Sam. I bought I bought Smoky Dice that I hate. <laughs> I know you've become the very thing you sought to destroy. No, I love I love using the green ones, but no, I I don't use the red ones. They're garbage. Like Maybe I'll try An- painting. You're them. like Anakin on Mustafar. And from right. my point of view, the red dice are legible. <laughs> 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 They're not. The, it's impossible. 
You understand yeah. my power? <laughs> my power yeah. to see across the table. You're it's rolling just... dice that I cannot see. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> Every time I play against someone rolling those fucking dice, they're like, oh, three crits again. I'm like, okay. I'm like, whatever you say. I'm like, I can't. I can't see. Yeah, now you can be that guy. Yeah, now that guy. <laughs> join, yeah. The, join them. Join the yeah, yeah. Join the dark side. Join uh, me. All right. That's it. Forget worlds is done. It's over. Let's look to the future, gang. Uh, AMG had a panel, and we are not going to go crazy about this stuff. We can talk about it more later when we're starved for content next week. But AMG had a panel, and I'm not sure if you guys heard, but it is the 40th anniversary of uh, Return oh. of the Jedi this year. Episode six, Return of the Jedi. You heard of it, Chris? No. Wow. Um, had no clue. So for X-Wing, we're getting the Battle Over Endor scenario pack, which is going to feature, they showed off a couple cards from it. Uh, and then during the presentation, they mentioned that the end goal is going to be the Rebels want to destroy the bridge of the Super Star Destroyer. Uh, and he said, you can do that by crashing into it, right? No, oh, <laughs> uh, that's Arvel, nice. Arvel style. And so they did show off... Uh, but first of all, the abbreviation on this one is BOE. I, I'm electing to refer to it as boy. Um, so this is your boy wedge here instead of your boy wedge. <laughs> that's um, not, no, that's not going to fly. It's not going to fly now. <laughs> it's this bed. bed. Drop the bit. Little, drop the bit minor, immediately. Minorly. Yeah. More than a little confusing. Okay. Um, so Endor Wedge they showed off, which the, I wanted to bring this up before when we were talking about our favorite scenes from Return of the Jedi. But uh, the the card art there is Wedge, an A-Wing, uh, Wedge tailed by an A-Wing tailed by the Falcon entering that, uh, entering the Death Star, like not Good trench run. Like, I didn't see that even before. Yeah, I really that's, that's what the art is. Yeah, it's, it's, it's them entering that tube Very that odd. they rocket down at the end of, of Return of the Jedi. Really awesome art. It evokes, honest to God, the thing it reminds me of is the fucking, the Super Nintendo game. Super Return of the Jedi. Anybody else? Anybody else old here? Uh, <laughs> I had uh, the Game Boy version, so... Well, in, in Super Return of the Jedi and probably the Game Boy version, the very last level is you navigate the Falcon through this through this uh, thing. And it looks it looks a lot like this. Um, so he's got some cool stuff. Uh, they brought boost back to the standard loadout X-Wings, which is cool. They have locked S-Foils. It says after you perform a boost action, you get a deplete token. So it kind of. You know they can they can boost they can focus boost, uh, but and they can also roll into red focus, which is new for them. Yeah, uh, but it is uh, it, it basically, field. and and he's got a shield upgrade. Yeah, so this this wedge is a real Chad, real good wedge. He's got advanced protorps. He has an astromech that allows him to once per game spend a charge after you perform an action to acquire a lock, which is awesome. So he can roll focus, roll red focus, and acquire a lock for that double modded APT at I6. Choice stuff. There's a uh, there's a new talent, which presumably will be related somehow to the scenario called It's a Trap, which is incredible. Uh, yeah, It's a Trap is, oh, while defending, oh, you know, yeah, if there's other friendlies around you than enemies, you can reroll your green dice, right? Um, so It's a Trap is good. A Wedge himself, after you perform an attack that hits, you gain a focus token, so he'll hopefully always be focused up for defense. 
just a tankier, powerful wedge. I'm really excited to, to play him. Um, Will Schick during his presentation did say that they, they delved kind of into the expanded stuff. Uh, so for some expanded stuff, they dipped into this. So they're going to have tie defenders at the, in the battle of Endor pack. And we have, uh, we can see captain Yor was the one they spoiled, which they got rid of. Um, they got rid of full throttle for this, but they did give uh chiss engineering after you fully execute a speed three to five maneuver, you can perform a lock action uh, while attacking. If you are stressed, if you are not stressed, rather, you can spend a shield uh, to apply the range one bonus. So like, that's kind of a weird, funky ability. Um, yeah. So just like they, then they said out loud, they said there's going to be uh, defenders, interceptors and bombers for the empire. Uh, and then presumably we only heard about X-Wings, but presumably there's going to be X-Wings, A-Wings, B-Wings, and probably a Lando Falcon uh, Battle of Endor, I wanna, I, if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, it's very cool stuff for this Battle of Endor pack. I'm extremely excited for that. Um, then they moved on there. Store Champs are back. Store Championship Kit is going to include a world's invite. And even though there was that leak earlier, guys, uh, that I referred to it as a last chance qualifier ticket, um, they clarified, they said it is a world's invite ticket. You will not have to play in the last chance qualifier um, if you get this. There are also lots of alt arts for uh, cards from the Hotshots Aces 2-pack uh, and some unique scenario tokens. So there's going to be some sort of uh, new scenarios happening in the store championship kit. Um, Thai Bomber will be coming a standalone Thai Bomber expansion pack outside of the starter kit right so they did again they showed off those new starters for Rebel and Empire I'm excited to buy the Rebel one can't wait uh, but you can get those SLs and new Thai Bomber models in the standalone expansion uh, and then lastly they showed the Children of Mandalore organized play kit which again has a new scenario. So there's, there, we're looking at two or three now new scenarios getting introduced to the game. And it's not clear if there's going to be any sort of instruction or update to the tournament regulation to, you know, for a standard play tournament to cycle through different scenarios now rather than uh, the ones where we've grown accustomed to, right? Mm-hmm. So I do, I, I would be excited to see that that number of available scenarios grow. I would also be excited to see them say something like, hey, you know, for this season, we're not going to do chance engagement or we're not going to do salvage mission. We're going to do something else instead and kind of reset the clock on all of everything we've learned, right? That'd be exciting. Any thoughts on anything of this stuff that stands out to you? I was hoping the Children of Mandalore, when I first saw it, I thought it was the an expansion pack. Uh-huh. I was getting bumped for scum. Um, but knowing now that it's an OP kit, yeah, uh, it's an good. OP. Yeah, but it's it's not. I mean, it's not going to have what an expansion would pack would have. Which I'm looking forward to those. Other than you know, the 40th anniversary uh, of Return of the Jedi, the Battle of Endor stuff, of course. Chris, I'll let you know. Uh, you didn't include a picture in this document you shared with us that uh, you missed one big thing for scum. Uh, the YG twenty four hundred reprint includes everybody's favorite Return of the Jedi fortieth anniversary character Dash Rendar, <laughs> who is uh, coming to Scum as a standard loadout. That's pretty Rebels cool. as a standard loadout and Rebels as a customized loadout um, with some interesting new abilities. Uh, 
the scum version we were able to read a lot more of. So scum dash is base three dice. He loses a red and a green die at range one, but when he is shooting uh, at range three, he gets an extra die, right? And when he is shooting at when he's shooting obstructed, he gets uh, juke. Basically, he can knock an evade down to an eyeball. So he has he's got some cool abilities that lean into the idea that you want to be in the in the clouds and in the debris still. Uh, and I believe he also has an ability that lets him shoot off of debris, uh, but not fully ignore it, right? Like he used to. So, like, perhaps a more balanced dash is coming, and I'm I'm excited for it. I'm excited to buy a YT twenty four hundred. I've never I've never owned one, and it's one a more of my priceable dash too. A more priceable dash, yeah, yeah. The YT twenty four hundred was one of my favorites from uh, the Shadows of the Empire video game. Right, I was I was really fond of that game, so I was, I'm excited to get that shit it's, back. It's not week. the 40th anniversary of that, so maybe cut it out. That's true. It's just let's wait till, it's let's just... wait till 2036, and then we can talk about that. <laughs> talk about that game. Yeah. Oh man, what do you guys think? Battle of Endor pack? Are we going to get together and play it? You guys, Crispy, coming up to New York, we're going to play Battle of Endor together. I'll, I'll find some excuse to get up there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? good man. Just come, wait for us to have store champs and then just come dump oh, there all you of go. us. I'll be there. And just win, win the hex store champs and wreck us. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun for everybody and not at all demoralizing. <laughs> Good time. Really bring it, bring to, it back uh, to the end up laugh. <laughs> I really want to go to a tournament in, in nearby Canada just so when I cross the border, I have to explain why I'm coming to Canada and be like, well, Battle <laughs> of Indoor just came out and. Uh, <laughs> You know about Scum Dash? <laughs> Get detained. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's you know, the 40th actually, anniversary, right? Customs? It's the 40th anniversary of the Return yeah. of the Jedi, guys. <laughs> you know what's yeah. super, super funny was um, before, while traveling, right, with X-Wing, uh, my stuff did not get checked. I know, Sam, you got checked on the way back from PAX or two PAX or something like that. But um, lots of people on Discord were like, heads up. <laughs> People, the TSA guys get weird about X-Wing stuff in your bag. Oh, yeah. They're like, I had the big, they're like big just, token spill. Yeah, they're like, try to try to tell them it's board game shit before they open it and spill it everywhere. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Uh, I did not. None of my stuff got searched. And knock on wood, bonus, I unpacked my X-Wing stuff and nothing got broken either. Everything survived the travel. I had a fire spray a and a ghost in there, both very breakable. All right, what's um, yeah, any shout outs, Crispy? Shout outs, yeah, Crispy, what you got for us? Uh, I want to shout out everyone who was there for me when I was O2, uh, who were also there for me when uh, pairings and sorry, standings got dropped. Um, because I know it was after I went O2 that I was like. I, I, I was I was not happy. I was going off to lunch, and Liam Baker pulled me aside, and he's like, "Dude, play your X-wing," and that was nice. really the spark I needed. Yeah. Um. And like, I want to say, like, he and like Dune, I got like a pep talk from him, and just a whole bunch of different guys that are like, "Dude, like, like everyone, like no one wants to play you." Because they know how good you are, just play that good. Mm-hmm. And it was all those guys that helped me turn it around. Um, and then it was also 
So I kind of have a story about after the tournament. So I finished my last game. I know I'm 8-2. And, and Cox finishes his game. And he's like, hey, man, right now I'm fourth and you're fifth. We're going to see how it goes. And mm-hmm. at that point, I'm like, all right, man, I don't want to see roll better. I am not like I like at that point I go on my phone, I close out of all my roll better tabs, and I'm like I don't want to hear anything until they give a final standing because I don't want to see myself drop as every game comes in. And so of course you know end of the day I'm hanging out with a bunch of guys, and we're doing pictures and we're getting our last little bits of handing things out, and it was we were taking that I'm not sure if you've seen that big picture where there's like twenty thirty of us. Um, that are taking a picture and it's right after that that I'm leaving the picture I'm grabbing my stuff and someone comes up to me and goes oh I'm so sorry guy uh. and I have I'm like what? and he gives me a hug and I, I, I don't remember who it was and there was someone else who goes oh sorry mate I just it's you know it it's tough and then I go what? Oh my! And I just like immediately, kind of turn around emotion-wise, just in front of everyone, and it was very, very warming when everyone kind of recognized that, and they just all tried to do their best to pick me up, and it was, um, it it, it was it was it was very moving for me, um, to. Because at that point, I was just not even focusing on that. And then suddenly, it comes out of the blue, and I'm blindsided by it. And they put up the standings. Um, And I'm just sitting there in front of everyone, just trying not to break out into tears. Damn. Crispy, you had a hell of a run. You had a hell of a tournament. You're a hell of a player of this game. Hell of a friend of the podcast, tell you that much. Um, and I'm starting to think that the real victory is the friends we made along the way from your story there. Um, no, and it, I, it, it I, th- I can't wait to see next year's world. So like, basically, that's what I'm saying. Is I yeah. can't wait to see you there. I'll be there having not qualified again, cheering you on. I'll check in every round. <laughs> is the dream alive? Like I did this year. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah. But, but that, that, thank you for sharing that with us and, and shout outs to everybody. Shout outs to everybody in this community who was there to be an amenable opponent, who was there to be a good sport, who was there to play this game and like, and be a part of it. And, and no shout outs to anybody who was there uh, and being rude. Right. Which I didn't run into anybody, but I, you know, they might be out there, but yeah. So thank you. Uh, Thank you, Sam, for joining me. Thank you, Chris, for joining me. Thank you, Crispy, for giving us your time. Uh, this is a long episode, but I, we got a lot of content. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening and sticking with us. Uh, and thank you, everybody. Shout out to everybody who came up to me and talked to me about the podcast at uh, at Worlds. That was a lot of fun. I've, uh, I said to these guys when we first started it, I said, I just want to have one parasocial relationship moment where someone like comes and talks to me who I've never met before, but they know me because I say a bunch of shit on the internet. Uh, and that happened a lot of times and it was great. And I really loved chatting with everybody and I've made a lot of, made a lot of new X-Wing friends and acquaintances and I had a great time, but, uh, yeah. So thank you everybody. This has been yet another X-Wing podcast. 
Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Burr, 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 burr.